I'm Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise, the streaming media broadcast that equips, encourages, and empowers you to arise as the hero, warrior, and champion that God created you to be. You matter, you are important, and you've got a key role to play for the kingdom here on earth. So thank you for joining me again this week so we can continue to pour into you. We're going to do another segment of our Prophetic Words for 2023 series. This is the series you guys have responded to. Great. We had originally planned to do like, you know, maybe four or five of them, but you've responded. And the input from the prophetic voices has been so revelatory and so helpful that I've actually reached out to more prophetic friends to continue the series. And I've been loving it. I know you guys have been enjoying it. You've been watching, but I have been loving it because I love how it's so true that we all see in part, but when we bring the parts together, there's through lines, there's themes, there's things God is making sure that we catch. And my dear friend today who's going to be sharing, she's going to be adding to the mix powerfully. There's going to be some things that God emphasizes, again, common themes in many of the words, but then she brings some key elements, some key strategies, some key insights as well that's really going to speak to you. And here's maybe what I'm most excited about the word she's going to bring for you this week is this word is going to meet you exactly where you are. And if any of you have been wrestling with hope deferred or feeling blocked or feeling a little dull in the spirit, this word is so going to minister, so going to encourage you. And I believe it's going to bring breakthrough. But just before I bring her in and we get to that word, I've got two announcements for you. The first is men, hey, mark your calendars. March 16 to 18 is our annual East Coast men's event. Man Camp East Coast 2023 in Rose Hill, North Carolina at Rockfish Meadows Retreat Center. Great Christian retreat center. Um, uh, uh, great time together. A weekend of brotherhood, breakthrough, and adventure. If you've been to one of our East Coast events, you know how powerful they are. If you haven't, Come and be a part of it. If you're on the East Coast, no excuses, got to get there. But, you know, we have guys come from the West Coast, from the North, from the South. You want to be a part of our Man Camp East Coast 2023 event and part of the Brotherhood Breakthrough and Adventure that goes on. If you want more information about it, you can go to menonthefrontlines.com, click the events link, and scroll right. There's several events, but we've got a brand new site. And if you're not familiar with it, when you go to the events page, scroll down and there's banners. Just scroll to the right until you see the Man Camp East Coast 2023 event. Click on that. It'll get you all the information. Or if you want to make it really easy, just email me, robert at menonthefrontlines.com. I'll send you the link. I'll get you the information. I'll answer any questions. I want to see you there, men, as part of this weekend with me, with Brad Carter, with Ben Hughes, and with some really great special guests. But most important, we want you to be there because God has something special for you that weekend, men. All right, my one other announcement is an invitation. I want you to pray into a consider partnering with us. We're so grateful for the partners of our ministry. The harvest is ripe and the nations are opening to the harvest and God is opening doors for us in the nations. This summer, I'm headed to Europe for a European tour to minister into several different nations with revival meetings, crusades, uh, equipping meetings, but also the opportunity in Switzerland to minister to many of the key people of the uh, Geneva office of the UN. So in a series of meetings there, we're going to be able to reach multiple nations through the people we impact. But then we're also planning more 
meetings, revival meetings, crusades across remote areas of Russia, a nation that needs a move of God right now. But we'd love you to consider partnering with us as we go to the nations to see revival break out, to see moves of God break out, to see salvations, healings, and miracles. You can be a part of it. If you would like to partner with us, simply go to roberthotchkin.com, click the giving link, and you can partner by giving a one-time gift. But we'd love you to consider being a monthly partner with us to help fund us going to the nations for the harvest, seeing souls saved, seeing revival break out, seeing moves of God break out, and doing all the media that we do that we get out there for free. We would love for you to be a part of that. So please pray into it. And if you feel called to that, go to roberthotchkin.com, click the giving link. Okay. That are, that are, that is, that are, that, that some subject verb agreement there is our announcements for this week. Let me bring my dear friend in Debbie Kitterman. Debbie, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me today. How are you? I'm doing really well other than having some subject verb agreement issues that my English teacher mother is scratching her head over. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes I have those too. I'm like, I know this word. Why is it not coming out of my mouth? So I get it completely. Well, I can't thank you enough for taking time to be with us and be with our audience today. You have become a good friend over this past year. I'm sure everybody knows you from your incredible podcast, Dare to Hear. But just in case we've got a few people that aren't listening to your podcast, tell them a bit about you and your ministry and your podcast so that they realize the treasure trove of revelation that you are and all that you share, and they'll be able to connect with you. Ah, well, thanks so much. Um, okay, so I have a Dare to Hear, and it's the number two, so don't put in like T-O. So again, not proper English, but there you go. So Dare to Hear the podcast. I have a YouTube channel. You can search my name, Debbie Kitterman. It should pop up. You can also um, go to any place that you listen to podcasts, and you can download it, or they can go to my website, and I have all the links under the podcast tab, so they can do that. Um, I am a recent new transplant, I guess 18 months. God picked my my husband and up and our entire family actually from the Pacific Northwest, born and raised there in the Pacific Northwest, lived in, born in Oregon, lived in Washington for the last 25-ish years. And then God picked us up and did us suddenly at the end of 2020. And we had been senior pastors for eight years. We had our own congregation. Um, we were starting to see like God move during COVID in powerful ways. And God said, and now I want to move you clear across the country. And we we're like, what? Um, and so we landed here at the end of May of 2021. So we haven't quite even been here for two years. So it's kind of getting the lay of the land, figuring out what the Lord is wanting to do with us here in this new place. Mm -hmm. But we knew we had to respond to the Lord at that time. And it was, um, I mean, it came as a shock to our congregation. It was a really shock, big shock to us too, because we were like, well, we kind of thought about retiring. 15-ish plus years down the road to South Carolina, but we did not anticipate that we would be here, let alone our entire family. Right. Here. So, um, which is different because, you know, being in ministry, you kind of have your home base. And so I have dared to hear the ministry. I travel, I speak, I would minister in churches all around the area. And then, but 
my first flight was always over to the other side of the country. And now I'm here. I get to drive everywhere. It's so great. Oh, it's great. That's yeah. wonderful. Well, you know, Debbie, I've, I've said this. I've, I've been, uh, uh, I've gotten to know you over the last year. You've been kind enough to have me on your podcast many times. And one of the things I want to tell our audience, if you're not listening to Debbie's podcast, do. I've appeared on, I have no idea how many podcasts, vidcasts, shows, streams I've done the last several years. And Debbie, you are one of the very best hosts I've ever worked with. You diligently dig into things. You have a zeal and a passion for God and for what he's releasing through other people. You do a great job and you've got a great podcast. So I really, I just want to, I just want to honor you and thank you for all that you're doing. Oh, well, thank you. That means so much to me. And I just, you know, I, I love you. I love having you on. And I'm so grateful that you have said yes every time I've asked you. And we have such great conversations. And your book, Realms of Power, mm. like it's at the top of my list. I'm telling everybody, like if you don't have this book, go get this book. Wow. This it, this book is a game changer. But av having you on the podcast other times, so is your other material as well. So thank you for that. I really appreciate that. It's my heart. It's my passion. I love doing the podcast and getting to meet people, but you're, you're one of my favorite all time guests. Of oh, well, I love when I get to work with you and Hey, while you're sharing, I, I feel like I've been a prophetic word for you. Can I share it with you? Sure. Absolutely. What, I'm not going to say no to that at all. As, as, as you're sharing, I'm getting stirred up and I feel like God wants you to know, and you may already know this, you know, I believe most prophetic words are, are confirmation, but God was showing me that you are not only a prophetic voice, but he has called you to be a prophetic life. And even what you guys did in picking up and moving to a new place and figuring that all out as you were sharing, I feel like God is saying that much of what he has you live through is intercession, pioneering, and breaking for the body of Christ, that your life is prophetic and your life is like prophetic intercession. And God allows you to live through things on behalf of the body because you're a prophetic voice, you're a media voice, that you'll get a deeper understanding of walking through things. And oftentimes you, you don't even realize it until partway through or the things God's showing, you realize, oh, this is sort of like on behalf of a bigger picture so I can share it with the body. So I really want to encourage you that I believe God has anointed you not only as a prophetic voice in the media, but he's anointed you to be a breaker and to live a prophetic life on behalf of the body. And in this season specifically of being in a new place and learning how to navigate that, who in the body of Christ hasn't had some element of that in the last few years? And I really want to bless you and, and come and add my faith to your faith that God is going to continue, not only what you share today, but God is going to continue to give you revelation on how to walk out this Abram to Abraham season the body of Christ is in, that you're actually living out prophetically. Wow. Thank you. I so needed to hear that. I needed that encouragement. And some of it is confirmation and some of it's new. Isn't that the way God is? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. I need to like go back and replay this. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to like save it, download it, re-record it on my own thing. So thank you, Robert, for that, for just being obedient to the Lord, because there has been times where I'm like, why am I going through this? And then he does, he does kind of open things out. And I have always run from being a trailblazer because mm -hmm. you're often misunderstood. Um, it's like, people are like, who are you and what are you getting? It's not like anybody else. And you're like, but, but the 
Lord said. And so I'm learning to navigate that, you know, that pioneering a trailblazer thing. And uh, like the Lord was just giving me some revelation on this. He's like, stop running from who I called mm. you to be, Debbie. And so that is great confirmation. Thank you for being obedient to the Lord oh. to do that. Well, thank you for willing to be a pioneer, be a trailblazer. I know a lot of times it just feels like you're banging your head against a brick wall in the spirit. But when you realize it's unto something, and I'm, I'm, I love our unto God. I, I, I'm a big unto guy. It's like, God, what is this unto? I mean, I love relationship with him. I love intimacy with him. It's all about that. I love the prophetic. I love the glory. I love miracles, signs, and wonders. I, I love all of it. I love salvations. I love it. I love the kingdom. But I am somewhat destination and project oriented. So I'm always asking the Lord, what is this unto? And the, I love the promise, but there's all, and we always get excited about the promise. But the same good God who gives us the good promises we get excited about is the same good God who allows the process that has as much purpose and intent and unto as the promise does. And I think we need to embrace the unto. We need to embrace the process, not necessarily enjoy it. And I'm, I'm speaking from lots of personal experience. I've learned this in 20 years of walking with the Lord, that we have to embrace the process, especially when we're not enjoying it, to realize there's something in the process. The Going through the process allows us to inhabit the promise in a way that it will be certain and secure. And I see you doing that not just for you, your husband, your ministry, but for the body of Christ. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. Well, now that this sort of revelatory realm is open, let's move into your yes. prophetic word for 2023. You sent this to me. It's called Cling to Me in 2023. Anchor yourself to me in 2023. Me being capitalized in both those cases, me being the Lord speaking this to you for the body. I was thinking about this, Debbie, and this is so rich and there's so much to it. I was wondering if you're okay with it and if you want to unpack it along the way, that's fine. Would you read the first part of it um, um, like up through the anchor yourself to me just so they get the gist of the word and then we can kind of work through it together. And then there's a whole nother second half of it that we can go into. But um, share as much of the word up front as you feel to to sort of lay the foundation of where we're going to go with this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting because I, uh, it was like towards the end of December, like the Sunday before Christmas actually happened. And I walked into church and I, I remember saying, Lord, are you even going to give me a prophetic word? Like maybe we're in a new season and a new time. And um, when we pastored, we would always do this proclamation service and I would tap people, you know, in our congregation, some that had uh, a flow in the prophetic for the local church or for our city and our state. And then, you know, I would always give something. And so this one, I was like, usually by now I would have something. And so I'm like, well, maybe I'm not supposed to get a word. And I walked into church and, and with the first note of worship, I heard the Lord clearly say, cling to me mm -hmm. in 2023. And I grabbed my phone and I wrote it down. And my husband's like, Worship hasn't even started. What's going on? I'm like, the Lord just spoke to me because he knew that I had been pressing in and asking God and it was silent. Mm -hmm. So I was really super excited. And then um, and then I just kind of had marinated on that. And it was that next week that I sat with the Lord right before uh, Christmas and he really downloaded this word. But I have to be real. I have to like, can I just can I just be transparent? Because when I heard cling to me in 2023, I was like, oh, no. 
Okay. Like I, I, and, and I'm a positive glass half full type person, but when we cling to something that usually means it's because we need something that's secure and solid and safe. And so my mind immediately started going down this trail and I was like, Nope, not going to do it. I'm silencing that and I'm going to sit with the Lord. And so this is what he gave me. He said, in this next year, you will get your hope back. You, my church, have been living in a portion of Proverbs 13, 12 season for too long. You've gotten stuck and stopped short of the fullness that awaits you. Your hope has been deferred and you've allowed yourself to stay stuck there, making your heart sick. You've lost sight of the fuller, brighter picture and the heavenly realities that await you. Some have allowed natural circumstances and situations to dictate their feelings and actions. This is what the world does. It is not what my people should do. I have called you to not be of this world. Yes, you live in it, but you do not, but do not be of it. You are kingdom citizens, my citizens, and you must carry a confidence and a hope in me and my kingdom, which is unwavering. And you must learn to trust me. Now, I'm going to stop here because when he was saying that you're living in um, a portion of Proverbs 13, 12, when we do that, we've all we always hear hope deferred makes the heart sick. But nobody finishes off with the B part of that scripture, which is a longing or a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Mm -hmm. So we as the church have been living in hope deferred, hope deferred, hope deferred, hope deferred. And we're not dreaming with God. We're not stepping into the promises. We're not longing for what God wants. And so we're stuck in this cycle, if you will, over and over of our hope being deferred and adding to the sickness of our hearts. And God's saying, it's time to get your hope back church. And then he said this, he said, Anchor yourself to me and all that I have to offer. My offerings are not worldly, but they are more real than anything you can see or touch in this world. I offer you a living hope. And as you anchor yourself to my hope, you will begin to soar. And this comes out of, he gave me Hebrews 6, 19, which is really talking about that we have an anchor as we anchor our hope to him in the Holy of Holies, in the inner sanctuary. Mm -hmm. Jesus is our hope. And so the question was, what are you anchoring yourself to? What are you putting your hope in? Because if we're not anchored into the Holy of Holies, that place where we get to go in intimacy with him, then we're anchored to the wrong thing. And so he said, it's time to move past hope deferred and into a season of dreams and longings being fulfilled. This brings forth a tree of life. Anchor yourself to me as I sit in the heavenlies and allow yourself to hope and dream again with me. Mm. What an encouraging word. And again, I know many can probably relate to feeling hope deferred or feeling stuck or feeling like things aren't moving forward. But one of the things in this, the cling to me, the anchor to me, um, those two words, obviously, he used very intentionally. And this morning when I was going back through all of this, I thought, wait a minute, Jesus uses the word cling in John 20 in some of the translations when he's talking to Mary. Now, in that, in that setting, he says, do not cling to me because I haven't been ascended to the Father yet. And the context there, he, what he's getting at is he's saying, because she's still wanting to relate to him as rabbi, and he's the victorious risen Lord. Mm -hmm. And so he's saying, hey, don't so cling to what you've known of me. You can't allow me to bring you into the new season. But I, I, you know, God's so brilliant. He, he has different strategies for different times, but I looked up the word cling. So I thought, all right, 
in that season, the key was you've walked so closely with him that he wants to bring you into this new season. So don't cling so tightly to what you've known. You can't come to the new. In this season, he's saying, hey, cling to me in 2023. But I looked up the word cling in the Greek and it's hoptomai, which I knew, but I didn't know this. It's from the root word hopto, which means to fasten or cling, but it also means to kindle or set on fire. So he's saying, hey, here's the secret. If you're feeling dull, if you're feeling, I know I've talked to many people and they're like, I still love the Lord. I still trust the Lord, but I feel dull. I, it's like, where'd my zeal go? Where'd my focus go? Well, as we cling to him, we're going to be rekindled. We're going to be refired. We're going to be re reignited with all those things. But then anchored to me, just in the English, you know, I grew up with a sailing family. I'm not a great sailor, but my father and his family are sailors from way back. And you anchor so that you don't move. And I feel like what he's saying in this, and I want to submit this to you to unpack more because he gave the word to you. But I thought, all right, so we're to really grab hold of him. We're really to focus on who he is and what he's like. And then we're to be anchored in him. And anchored means so that you don't move. And all of this is in the context of be in the world, but not of the world. And I feel like God is reminding me and hopefully everybody watching through what you're sharing, Debbie, is do not be moved by what's going on in the world. You know, I think that's where our hope got deferred is we had an expectation for the election or we had an expectation of what a move of God would look like in America or we had an expectation of what the reestablishment of righteousness and justice would look like. God is up to something, but he's up to something beyond our ability to ask, think or comprehend, which is what we've been asking for. So we need to not be moved by what's going on in the world, but be anchored and clinging to him and what he's like. And one of my favorite prayers right now, Debbie, because we've had a lot going on, not just in the ministry, but in our family the last couple of years, is I will simply sit with God and say, Lord, thank you that you're trustworthy. Thank you that you're faithful. Thank you that you're there. Thank you that you care. Lord, the places I don't see you, the places I don't understand what's going on, I know what you're like, and I'm focusing on your character and nature. I'm focusing on that you're almighty, you're invincible in battle. I'm focusing on that you've already won the victory and you lead me you lead me in triumph. You don't lead me into triumph. You lead me in triumph. We have the victory. I'm not seeing it yet, God, but you're leading us in. So this cling and this anchor to me are not only a command and an invitation, they're sort of the solution themselves being presented. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. You know, when you when I get the word too, I, I like to sit with the Lord um, for a while as he begins to unpack it. And, um, and, I, and he takes me through it, you know, just kind of like what you prophesied over me at the beginning is that I get to walk it out. Usually, you know, when I was preaching in our own church, I would stand up and I'd say, okay, because I'm going through this, I'm going to share this with you. You have the joy of walking this through with me. And, um, and I try not to listen to other prophetic words. So it's just been with in the last week and a half that I've started listening to other people and some of the other things that they're releasing. But the Lord really began speaking to me about this anchoring um, because um, in Washington, we lived um, on a lake and we do here in South Carolina too. But um, 
we used to go and during the summer months, we would go out and we would drop the anchor of our pontoon boat and then we would swim in the middle of the lake. And um, the anchor that we had wasn't exactly great for the winds that we would get there. And so we would get in the water and the anchor was down, but the winds would begin to blow. And then my husband was like, oh, I got to go swim and get the boat and bring it back to the middle because oh, it would wow. be like drifting away. Right. And so it matters what you anchor yourself to. And the Lord started talking to me really specifically about this because that Hebrews 6 19 is our anchor is a hope that is in the mm -hmm. inner sanctuary it is in the holy of holies it is in that place of intimacy with the Lord that he's wanting us to get to and also the clinging right we can only we we can cling to something, but if there's a barrier or a hindrance in our way. So he really started talking about getting healed and getting, um, letting go of like the offenses and letting go of um, the different things that we've been holding on to for whatever reason that the Lord's like, you got to take care of that because it is a barrier and a hindrance from getting as close as you absolutely can. And I love that you looked up cling to me in, in the uh, Greek. Um, yes. Greek. It was okay. the Greek, Greek. Yeah. yeah. John 20, yes. New Testament. Yeah. Because it really is about igniting this fire. It is like when we are so close with the Lord, when there's that intimacy and that cultivation that we've done with the Lord, that what he really wants to do is reawaken and mm. awaken the fire that's in us. And I think when we're in this hope deferred season, like I had a friend that was a firefighter. And she used to just say, like, when I was dreaming with God, she's like, Debbie, you actually have to put oxygen to those dreams. And I was like, no, no, I'm no, I'm going to keep them. I'm going to keep them and bury them in my heart. And she's like, well, here's the thing you don't understand about the quickest way to put out a fire is to deprive it of all oxygen. But the quickest way to ignite something, even the smallest of ember, mm -hmm. is to actually allow it to have oxygen and air. So when you share appropriately the dreaming, the dreams or the longings of your heart with someone, you're actually giving oxygen to that very thing and that's like the wind of the holy spirit can come in and can ignite those things within us and then move them forward into the direction and so when he started talking to me about anchoring and clinging and i had that picture of yeah we had the anchor but it was the wrong size anchor it was the wrong kind of anchor when the a stiff wind would come up it would blow us and holy spirit is coming in Holy Spirit is blowing on us and he wants to ignite those things in us. But also we also have like the winds of the enemy or the natural world or the trials and the tribulations that we're walking through and they want to knock us off course. But if we're anchored, to Jesus in the Holy of Holies. And that's where our anchor is in that intimate place. Then we're not going to be shaken. We're not going to be rattled. We're not going to be knocked off course. And we are going to be secure and strong so that we can allow what Holy Spirit wants to do to breathe on us and to breathe on and ignite those things in us that God is wanting to actually have the dreams and the longing fulfilled be a tree of life. The hope deferred season is over, Robert. We've got to stop it. And we've got to start dreaming again with God, no matter what we see here in the natural, because we'll get stuck there. God says, come to me in the Holy of Holies. Come into intimacy with me, because that's where I'm going to breathe new life and freshness over you. Yeah, you know, I think one of the things we have to understand, God had to help me with this fairly recently, Debbie, is one of the reasons our hope gets deferred is because we're actually putting our hope in something other than him. And one of the most 
challenging areas. And he had to show this to me recently. Um, I can't even remember what it was, but I remember that he spoke to me because I was like, well, Lord, I did put my hope in you. He said, no, you put your hope in something you knew I could do. And there's a difference between putting your hope in me and putting your hope in something you knew I can do, because then you're still putting your hope in an outcome. You're not putting your hope in me. And I think this is one of the things God wants to do for us in this season. I know for me is I'm a, I'm a well-loved son because I'm a well-disciplined son. And I don't always enjoy the discipline of God, but I love it and I appreciate it. And he pointed this thing out to me. And immediately I remember going, oh, you're right. My hope is in, was in you doing this thing I knew you could do. But I don't want to put my expectation. I want to expect you to, but I don't want to expect my expectations of you more than I expect you. So I think in this season, one of the things God's going to highlight to us is where we have put our hope. And there's things that we'll put our hope in thinking, oh, if I do this, God can move in this as opposed to strict. Because he told me once many years ago in my long-term health battle, and I won't tell that whole long story. Our audience knows it. But in one of the situations I was going through, I was saying, Lord, I just feel like my hope is deferred again and again and again. And he told me, it's because your hope isn't in me. And I said, what do you mean it's not in you? I keep thinking, he said, no, your hope has been that I would work through these doctors, these treatments, but ultimately you're still putting your hope in the doctors and the treatments. And that's okay. I, I'm not a Christian who's like, if you go to a doctor, God won't heal you. I've actually seen God use doctors in my life again and again and again. But he wanted to highlight to me, be very careful because if your hope is in me, it can't be deferred. But if your hope is deferred, that's a gentle way of me highlighting to you that your hope wasn't ultimately in me, in my character, in my nature, in my victory, and all of this. Your hope is in an outcome. And I had to go through this again and again and again in my 12-year health battle because I'd get discouraged again and I'd realize, oh no, my hope was that I was getting better because of that treatment. And whole long story, but this word is so important. And I lovingly say to all of you watching and listening with so much compassion, because I've lived through this so many times, if God is allowing you to see that you are dealing with some heart sickness because your hope has been deferred, I am telling you, brothers and sisters, our hope is only deferred if we put it in something other than him. And there are times that he will even encourage us to do that. Debbie, I, I was... I had an opportunity uh, while I was so sick to go to an experimental treatment or clinic overseas and go through four weeks of experimental treatment. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I felt like the Lord said, go. And I went and long story made short, I came back four weeks later, sicker than ever with $38,000 in medical debt. And I said, Lord, I prayed and I felt like you said to go. And he said, I did tell you to go. I said, but it didn't work. Why did you tell me to go? And he said, because you were about to give up. And you needed to put your hope in something and you weren't putting it in me. And he said, if you'll now put your hope in me, I will turn this all around. And big picture, within 30 days, miraculously, I didn't pay a penny of interest on $38,000 in medical debt. When I moved my hope to him and nothing else, he found a way to miraculously pay off all that medical debt. And I started slowly, but I started to get better and better and better until he led me to the doctor that he used to bring full healing to me. But I had to go through this thing of realizing even the Lord's so kind. He even said, 
said, no, I, I told you to put your hope here because you were about to crash and burn because you weren't putting your hope in me. I just needed four weeks to work on you so you could see this and put your hope in me. So what would you say to everybody who is saying, I, I, I'm trying to put my hope in him, but he's not moving. He's not doing what I thought he'd do. How do we get that breakthrough moment? to really anchor ourselves in him, not be moved by what's going on in the world, not be moved by what we have seen or haven't seen, but really anchor in him and put our hope in him. How do we do that? Yeah, well, that's a great question because I think I think I've been there too. Um, you know, especially over the last two and a half, three years, there's just been a lot of stuff um, that's been going on. And, and we have to get to the place because we all get our hope deferred. And then it feels like we start to get our hope up again. And then we get pushed back down by life or circumstances or situations. And I remember in this one season, the Lord's like, you need to stop looking outside for somebody to give you hope. I'm the giver of hope. And so you need to silence all of the other voices that you're listening to. And you need to get alone with me because I want to renew something. I want to do something new in you and allow me to really breathe on those dry places in your heart and in your life, because, because that's where it's going to come from. I often find Robert that people are like, I don't have any hope. And I'm like, Hey, I got hope. Let me, I have hope for your situation. And so one of the things is find people that are hope givers that, that they, they will believe for you. Even when you can't believe for yourself, people are always like, Debbie, you always have such great faith. And I said, because I know what is possible and what God can do and God will do. And so I'm going to give you a bucket of hope and I'm going to stand with you in this situation. But sometimes when we're doing it, like, like I give out a lot of hope, but then there's moments, Robert, when I have like this hope deferred moment. And that's when the Lord has just said, you need to stop listening to everything else and you need to come to me and sit mm -hmm. at my feet and you need to get my hope for your life. And that's where we begin to dream again, because we can be going through life circumstances. He wants to release the shalom peace of God, right? He wants to release that peace. It's, it's not the absence of chaos that we get peace. It's in the midst of it that we find that place that hope begins to rise again. I just like, you know, I love the song, Up From the Ashes, Hope Will Arise. And that's like where we're at. It's like when all seems lost, but God. When all doesn't seem to be working. God makes a way. We can try in our natural, like God will show me something and then I'll go, huh, I can help you get me there. And he's like, stop it. And I was like, no, I can help us. I know what we're going to do. And so he'll let me do that. He will let me do that. And then he's like, okay, now are you ready to do it my way? And so we have to come to that moment where, where God is what we put our trust in. It's where we put our hope in and that we're anchored to him in that secret place. And we have to stop looking to other people to say, what is God saying? And instead listen to him. I would be, um, when I was first stepping out in the prophetic, Robert, it was like, well, what is God saying to other people about me? And he's like, what, I'm not like, I would go places and everybody else would get prophetic words and they would never give me a prophetic word. Like they would pass me by talk about like highlighting rejection issues. And I, I said to the Lord, what's the deal with this? Like one time I even went to this like church that was known for their prophetic ministry teams at a prophetic conference. And you know what? That's the only year that they didn't have prophetic ministry team. And I was like, 
but Lord, I came to get a fresh word from you. And he goes, yeah, until you start listening to what I'm saying to you, I'm not going to allow you to go get a word from other people. And so he's like, you have to come to a place where you're sitting with me. You're sitting in that place and you're not moved by what you see in the natural, but you are anchored to me in the spiritual and you believe and you receive and you begin to walk out what I begin to say. So those are kind of two of the things that I've really encourage people with the hope deferred. And then the other thing is if you're like, okay, none of those things are working, then you have to start dreaming again Mm -hmm. because nothing will turn around your hope again. Like dreaming again with God. Now there's like, people are like, yeah, but I don't want to have expectations or an expectancy. And we have this fine line that we have to walk, right? We need to be expectant. We used to have this sign inside of our church. In fact, I'm going to hang it when we get my new studio built. It's called, uh, and it says, expect miracles. And I had somebody come in and they're like, I don't like your sign. And I was like, what do you mean you don't like my sign? Like, why not? Like, you don't like the way it's made or whatever. And they're like, no, because every time I've um, had an expectancy, I've been let down. And I was like, well, what's your expectancy in, right? And so we need to have an expectancy that God is going to move, but not an expectation of how he's going to do it. And so if our hope is deferred, then we need to be saying, Okay, do we have a misplaced expectation on God or are we actually believing God is going to move and we're giving him free reign to move and flow however he wants to? Or are we dictating in advance of how we think it should look? And when that doesn't happen, then we get discouraged. We get beat down instead. Like I had somebody say, Debbie, you're the most positive, prophetic individual that I've ever met. And I said, because that's who Jesus was. He was always coming along to give hope and a new perspective. And so when we are hope deferred, we need heaven's perspective, not our earthly perspective. And we need to sit with him in that holy of holies place and say, what are you saying? And what are you releasing? Because I need to begin to dream again. I need to begin to believe again. I need to begin to hope again in the possibility of what you will do. Yeah, and I think you're, the aspect of this word about the secret place, I'll say, I think is the key. Because yes, we need to be listening to him, hearing what he's saying. You know, you know, because we've done a show together on it, on your podcast, that one of the words God gave me, especially last year, as a strategy for this extended season we're in, is out of Matthew 16, where Jesus was highlighting, don't give place to what the world is saying. Don't, don't bother with it. Don't heed it. Don't give place to how your flesh wants to react to those things. The key is to listen to what your father is saying from heaven in this moment, and then the gates of hell won't prevail. And I, I, I absolutely believe hearing from God is key in this moment. But I also think part of the secret place is not only hearing from him, but I feel like he wants to rebuild the intimacy, the relationship. Because again, and I know we already talked about this, but I think it's so important in these seasons when we are being told expect God or we need to expect God, but we very easily, I'm similar to you. I'm a Peter. I'm the first one out of the boat. I'm sure I know how to help God get us there. And he's the same with me. He's patient, but then there's that loving for a moment of, okay, now it's like it's like my one niece she's so smart she has so much energy she's like an australian shepherd you got to give her something to do or she'll be gnawing on the furniture 
And like um, just yesterday, we were we were at the, my 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 in-laws church for my middle niece and my youngest nephew's baptism service. And at one point, Aria was so excited that all her family was there. She loves her family so much. She just went for a run around the perimeter of the church and came back. And my wife, Yuri, said to her, so, honey, just do a lap. She said, yeah. She said, you're excited that everybody's here. She's like, yeah. She's just so full of zeal and fire. But we can get that way. I can get that way. And the Lord loves it because just the way I love my niece, she's just amazing to me. I want to bottle her energy. But there are times I'm like that, and the Lord will say, okay, now that you've run your lap, can we can we do it my way? And uh, for me, the key in the secret place is not only hearing what he has to say, but we touched on this. It's the secret place helps remind me what he's like. And for me, that's what everything comes out of. Because then when I have no idea what's going on, I know what he's like and I can focus on his character's nature. As I said, his faithfulness, his trustworthiness, he's invincible. But the other thing that I'm convinced that this part of the secret place, that part of your word is the key, is I know for me, this year, almost every morning, it is a battle to get into the secret place. It seems like one distraction after another. And God even gave me the word about clear the clutter. That 2023 is the year to clear the clutter and the clatter, to clear out the clutter and the clatter. And that 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 clutter is the stuff that keeps you from it. And even after an encounter with the Lord, because this word you got is for me. I know it's for the body because it's for me. Because the Lord even spoke to me a couple weeks ago because I went to him and said, Lord, what is going on with me? And the Lord showed me. He said, you need to come into the secret place and let me minister to your heart. Because... I have a strong gift of faith. I am zealous for the Lord. I can get things done. But I knew that something wasn't quite right. And I was sitting with him one day and finally said, Lord, what is it? And he showed me after the last two years that you've had with the cancer battle for your wife and all the other things that have gone on. He said, you've gotten really good at setting your face like Flint, but there are parts of your heart that turned off in the battle. And I need you to sit with me so I can, I can rekindle to use your word, rekindle and reignite those parts of your heart, wake them back up. I took Yuri out for her birthday. We've been so busy. We're almost two months late, but we went out for a really nice dinner to celebrate her birthday this weekend. And over the nice romantic dinner and the time of connecting heart to heart and just uninterrupted, no phones, no other thing, just heart to heart connection date night. It was wonderful. But she even said to me, I feel like there's parts of my heart that need to wake back up after these last couple of years. And I said, honey, God's speaking that to me. Even with that, Debbie, and the mornings that I've spent with him for hours where he's deeply ministering to my heart. This morning's a perfect example. I got up, I've got my Bible, I went to sit down, and all of a sudden, all sorts of stuff came up. And the next thing I know, it's almost an hour later. And because of all the recording I'm doing today, I looked at the clock and thought, oh, I'm only going to get about 30 minutes with the Lord. So what would you say in this season, other than the obvious, and somebody like me, just be more disciplined and protect that time better, any keys God's giving you about intimacy, the secret place, um, um, dealing with the distractions. How do you deal with all that? You got a lot going on. I do. Uh, you and I are a lot alike in that. Like, I'm like, I don't know how to be, you know, um, 
be still and know that I am Lord. I was like, Lord, I'm not very good at that. Like uh, when I kicked off my ministry, Dare to Hear, I had um, a very well-known prophet come and we kicked it off. And then the Lord said to me, um, like two months later, I want you to take the rest of this year and sit at my feet. And I was like, Lord, I don't think you understand how ministry goes. Like we just had this huge conference and all these people came in and, and like you gifted me the gift of this well-known prophet to come. And so people now know about dare to hear that this is awesome. And he's like, you have a choice. And I was like, do I really have a choice? You know, I was sitting in his feet in that. And, and I, and I said to him in that season, I don't know how to be. I don't know how to be. I don't know how to be at your feet because I am zealous. I am full of joy and I'm a go-getter. I would be like, I'd be like your niece running around. I'm so excited that you're all here. And then I'd be running around and I'd be like doing stuff because I can get so busy. I can, I can have that. Um, I want, we all want to be the Marys, but sometimes we become the Marthas, right? And so there are seasons for both, but the Lord was really teaching me about what it means to be okay, just to be me in his presence. And there was so much healing and so much ministry and so much revelation, Robert, that came out of that season. But I think we can easily get into like, um, like the world comes at us and we just pick up things here or there. And if we're not taking time to really sit and be refreshed in the Lord, one of the things I love about David in scripture, my, what my favorite thing about him was that it says he strengthened himself in the Lord. Mm -hmm. That isn't just always um, sitting with his word. It's reminding yourself, your body, your soul, and, and really engaging your spirit in the things that he's spoken to you, the promises that he's released over us. And so that's one of the things too, is like, if you find yourself in a season where you're like having a difficult time and, and things like when we left our, when we left our church and we stepped away from pastoring, it was eight years senior pastoring, but we had been a part of that church for years before that. So these are people that we loved. We were watching God do all the things that we had prayed into. And then we're like, and you want us to do what? And part of moving across the country was because of what he was doing in us to recalibrate like things in us and to really reawaken some places that because you can easily and being transparent and authentic, it's the only way I know how to be right, is that you can easily go through the motions of doing ministry or leading or doing something. And I can sit and I can check off my boxes and be with the Lord. But am I really sitting in his presence? Am I really um, having this ongoing conversation with him? Am I heeding his voice when he says, no, don't go that way. I need you to go this way. Am I arguing with him saying, but this is the fastest route home. Why can't I do this? Because I'm going to miss an opportunity to do something on the way that he's sending me. And so it's just the little things. It's the little things that I found in my life of taking the time to like, um, listen to worship music or really just kind of just like, Lord, like, what do you think about this? Now he always answers me with another question. So I don't, it always takes a little bit of time for that revelation to come out, but I might just like have this one question that I sit and ponder with him as I'm, you know, in that moment. And then it carries on into the activity of the day while I'm driving. And then um, I'll be having this conversation like, Lord, you know, you never did really answer me when I was sitting there in that moment. So like, what do you have for me? Silence, silence. And I, this, this part, I, I was so excited. I was so excited to move into 2023 because I was like, yes, we're turning the corner. Like, I don't, I know God works in seasons and it's not calendar years, but somehow I forgot that. And so coming into 2023, I was like, 
this? Can we just have this month be over? Can we like have, I, I almost wanted a rewind and a redo of January. Um, but also in that, like the Lord was speaking to me, like I, we were fasting and praying and contending for stuff in our family and what God is calling us to do. And, um, and for my kids and, you know, that's January is a good time to fast and to be with the Lord. But I remember he woke me up in the middle of the night during the 4am hour. And I was like, well, that's odd. Cause usually it's the three o'clock hour. And, and I saw the clock and I didn't want to really look. And he began speaking about open doors. And I was like, what? And he said, all the trials and tribulations and the testing that you've been going through in these last seasons is going to enter you into the open door season. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and so then of course my, in my sleepy mind and my brain, I was like, so 2024 is going to be open doors. And the Lord's like, you missed what I just said to you. <laughs> and so then I had to process that out. I had to just kind of sit with him. So, um, and I would say that sometimes there's silence in that. And sometimes it's, it's really, taking the time to be ministered to by the Lord and not always asking the questions. And it's taking the time to rid myself. As I was processing this Lord, Robert, one of the things that the Lord said as the next part was trusting him. And mm -hmm. I began to understand that when, um, when we're anchored in him, when we're clinging to him, we're really trusting in him. And oftentimes I allow my trust to get put in other things, in my own ability to do things. Oh God, I can help us get us there. Or can we just kind of flip the calendar over to February already? And the Lord's like, but I still have things to teach you in this month. And so it's it's really in that because he's saying, when you trust me, when you take care of all this stuff, there's no hindrances, there's no barriers. And that's what he wants from us. He wants all of our hindrances, all of our barriers, all of the things that, that we've been holding on to. He wants to burn them up. And probably one of the most dangerous prayers that I pray every day, but also the most important things that I pray every day is, Lord, I place myself on the altar today. And whatever, um, I just ask that you burn up whatever is not of you. And whatever's left, I'm going to pick myself up off the altar and I'm going to walk forward with that. And I have to say some days it is unpleasant <laughs> and other days it's like, Oh, it's great. But we have to come to that place of, if I don't have him, I have nothing. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Debbie, I know you sent me this word and this is only the first two pages of it. There's also then pages of scriptural references. Have you published this anywhere um, where people can get a hold of it? Because we've gone into uh, the meat of this, but there's still more and there's all the scriptural references. And I know many of the people watching and listening would love to get the full word printed out. They can read through, study through, pray through. Where can they get that? They can get that at debbiekitterman.com and um, it's in my blogs. And then there's a search bar. When you go into the blog tab, there's a search bar. If you'll put cling to me, it'll pop it up and mm -hmm. it'll come in. And then I also did a podcast releasing that word as well. And, you know, really, we, yeah, we didn't really get to talk about the last part, which is that holy fear and reverence. That's where the Lord has had me. And that's the other answer is that we've got to get our holy fear and reverence back. And I don't know about you, Robert, but I wasn't taught that in church. And I've been in church for a long time, for over 50 years, I've been in church. And so when we, that, that is something that the Lord's really been dealing with me too, of, of getting that holy fear and reverence and putting him back in the right place. Absolutely. God's been speaking to me and I actually need to do a study on it. I've been trying to find the time the last week to do a study on it, but uh, to do a study into the fear of the Lord. It's one of the missing pieces that's coming back. Alan DeDio and I had a great conversation about it. He, any of 
of you who are interested in this, I promise I'll get a show out on it. I've got to do the study. Um, I will do the study. But uh, Alan just did a great show with John Bevere. So go to Encounter Today and YouTube or podcast and listen to the show he did with Alan Bevere on this. Because, Debbie, you're spot on. You're hearing from the Lord that holy fear and reverence is a key. And I believe this year and even more into 24, we're going to see an increase of preaching on the fear of the Lord and really come to understand it. And I know in reading through your word, you are really coming to understand it. So thank you for that. Hey, do me a favor just before we close, as the Holy Spirit leads, please pray for our audience. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Lord, we just come before you right now. And I just, I thank you, Lord, that you are bringing us out of hope deferred and that you are wanting to awaken inside of us. Um, dreams and longings fulfilled that you want to bring us in to partnering and dreaming with you. And Lord, that this word that you gave, that you released, that you have been really teaching me about is about unity. It's about trust, but it's really about a holy fear and reverence of you of coming into those moments. So I just ask that you would send the wind of the Holy Spirit right now to anyone listening to the sound of my voice as they are processing hope deferred. And I ask that you would blow upon the ember that are there, even if they're little coals, that you would begin to blow on those and you would begin to revive them and that you would begin to ignite them and you would begin to awaken inside of them these dreamings and these longings and that they would see the fruition of those coming to pass. And so, Lord, as we anchor ourselves to you, our hope is secure in you and what Jesus did, that he came so that we could have life and life abundantly. And so we anchor ourselves, we cling to you in this season, and we look to you, Lord, and we say, revive us, renew us, refresh us. And Lord, as we come before you, that you would reignite inside of us and give us a new fresh vision and a new fresh hope for what's to come. Thank you, Lord. Amen to that. You know, we're going to see a great move of God. Revival is coming to our nations and the world. But remember, revival begins within. Um, every great move of God begins with one man, one woman willing to move along with God and what he's doing. And every single one of you watching is marked for that. So grab hold of this word from Debbie. Let that prayer minister to you. Replay that section of the podcast and the vidcast and let her let that prayer she just prayed over you soak you, because that's one of the ways God's going to rekindle you, reignite you. He promises this in 1 Corinthians 13, that these three things remain faith, hope and love. So even if you feel like your hope flame went out, know that it's there. It just needs to be rekindled. Debbie, thank you for all that you shared. And thank you for that powerful prayer. Yeah. Well, thank you, Robert, for having me on. It was a honor and a joy to be with you and to be able to share just even a part of this word. So thank you for that. Yeah, you're so welcome. And I know we'll do more together and we'll have you back on. So thank you for all that you're doing for the body of Christ. Don't forget everybody, DebbieKitterman.com and then Dare Number Two Here. Dare Two Here is the podcast. And you want to like, share, and subscribe that podcast. You'll get a lot out of it. Debbie not only shares all she's hearing from the Lord, but she has on really great guests that share as well. Debbie, anything else you want to share about how they can get a hold of you, where they can find more from you? Yeah, well, absolutely. Everything really is on Dare to Hear. Uh, not, well, 
Debbie Kitterman, daretohear.com goes there too. But debbiekitterman.com because everybody doesn't know how to spell the dare to hear right. But everything is there and all the stuff that the Lord's having me do, um, all of the books that I've written and all that stuff is there as well. But, um, and I haven't released much more about this because, you know, we didn't get to unpack the trust, the unity and that holy fear. Like I have been, I'm like you, Robert, really setting in that holy fear and reverence. Like I got to know it before I can release it. And the church has done us a disservice. We we haven't been taught that. In the 50 years I've been in church, I've never heard it. So I'm I'm there's some things I'll be releasing on the blog about what he's unpacking. Awesome. Yeah. Well, everybody get to debbiekitterman.com so that you'll be able to see that blog and see all that Debbie shares both on the podcast and through the blog. Debbie, thanks so much for being with us for this episode of Heroes Arise. And even more, thank all of you for taking the time to be with me again this week. Don't forget, March 16th through 18th, our annual East Coast event for men. Join us for that weekend of brotherhood, breakthrough, and adventure. Email me, robert at menonthefrontlines.com for more information. Or go to menonthefrontlines.com and click the events link. And then also, please pray about partnering with our ministry and being a part of all that we do, whether it's through all the free media and content we create and get out there or this call we're answering to the nations to see the harvest come in and see revival break out in some remote areas of the world not everybody's called to and not everybody's willing to go to but if you know me you know that's what i get the most excited about you can be a part of it by partnering with our ministry go to roberthotchkin.com and click the giving link god bless you guys and i will see you back here again for another heroes arise ready for more Go to roberthodgkin.com for more teachings, more resources, and more information about Robert Hodgkin Ministries and Men on the Front Lines.